Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, what's good? Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am Blair Angulo. We're coming to you a little early this week. We've got a rankings refresh for the top 24-7 in the 2021 class. We've got a couple guests on the line. Before we get to that, I want to remind you to please hit that subscribe button. Please rate us. Please review us. If you leave a five-star review with a recruiting question, you've got a chance to have it answered on an upcoming mailbag episode closer to National Signing Day next month. Now, I mentioned we've got a couple guests. The first one is, you know, we, we, we like to call him the, the Beatbox Don here on the podcast, maybe Papa Beatbox as well, aka Alan True. Alan, how are we doing? We're doing pretty well, and we've, we have long passed the Beatbox phase now, so interests come and go fast when you're seven, so maybe we'll come back <laughs> around at some point. You know, if we weren't in, in a global pandemic, I would have imagined you going and hopping from convention to convention, maybe going to the underground scene in, in Stockholm or going out to Amsterdam for a beatbox competition. Or I, I just feel like he was destined to do big things. Yeah, you know, I, I, I need to find something for him to do that he can get ranked at because I have so many parents that complain to me about where their kids ranked. <laughs> I can't wait for the day where there's something that my kids ranked in that I can go, oh man, are you kidding me? How is he not, how is he only the 45th beatboxer in the world? So I, I'm look forward to that day. Hey man, that's that's 13 spots away from five-star status. So he, he'll be <laughs> close to that. On the other line, we've got a guy who's been tweeting about Patrick Mahomes since 2011. He is Gabe Brooks. Gabe, how are you doing? I'm good. How about y'all? Not too bad. 2011. So you've got receipts, Gabe. Patrick Mahomes, you've known about him for a decade now. Is that how far back the tweets go? I didn't even... I did some research, Gabe, okay. and I'm, I brought some ammo to the podcast. You know, okay. I, I know a lot of people talk about how, you know, how lowly rated he was, but you knew about him in, 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 in the early 2010s. I think the first time I saw him play, he was a sophomore and he was just, uh, starting safety for his team. The quarterback, I think, went on to Stephen F. Austin State at the FCS level and had a very good career. But once that guy was gone, Patrick took over and the rest is history, so they say. Yeah, and, and he's obviously headed to a, another Super Bowl in, in a couple weeks. So we've brought on Allen and Gabe to discuss the refresh in the top 24-7 for the 2021 class. We're not calling it the final rankings. We don't know yet if it's going to be or not because there's so much uncertainty surrounding high school football in some states that have yet to play a season. But we do have a, a list now of five-star prospects, which you can go and check out over at 24-7 Sports. Sports.com, along with a lot more content. We've got a roundtable discussion where we, we discuss some of the decisions. And, and this is what this podcast is going to be about as well. Uh, you can also catch uh, updated buzz on some top unsigned prospects later on on 24-7 Sports this week. But let's begin with some of the players that, you know, maybe 
brought up more debate and and really kind of allowed us to have discussions in those rankings meetings. Among the five-star group, Alan, was there anyone or, or was there anything that made it more agonizing in, in terms of rankings and where we were putting certain players? Well, I definitely think the differing seasons had a lot to do with that. I mean, the best example of that is Donovan Edwards, who playoff season gets halted in uh, November, doesn't play in December, comes back and has a three-game stretch in January as we're leading up to this thing that was so ridiculous that we all of a sudden had to throw him really back into the thick of the discussion. So you go, you, you have guys like him, you have guys who hadn't played at all since last season, you have some guys who played and had their seasons end early, we have guys who opted out. I think that made this a, a particularly challenging year to try to decide what to do with some of the guys who who we hadn't hadn't seen or hadn't had an opportunity to see in some cases since the end of last fall yeah donovan edwards a a he was i mean so close to five-star status already he was in the top 30 in the previous rankings uh committed and signed with michigan and, and so obviously the season was such a big part of of his rankings boost. Gabe, when you saw him and when you're able to kind of dissect some of the things he was doing, what pushed him over the top to to get that five star status? I mean, I think just the the play speed, the functional athleticism, like these these huge home run plays that he was hitting in the situations he he was doing it. I mean, it, you know, the, I, I talk a lot about data and having as many data points as possible like i think that's something that we all have done a good job of and continue to do an even better job of but on some level you have to trust what your eyes see and you don't want everything to be based on that because uh there's certainly some subjectivity to it but you know in in his case the the eye test uh passed with flying colors in those really big situations and i I don't think anybody you know this the the production backs it up and i don't think there's anybody who could see what he did and and think that it was not pretty eye-opening do you feel like there was a rankings decision that either you made or someone else was making that that was the most agonizing during those rankings calls I think just personally, Jatavian Sanders is one that I went back and forth on a lot because he's so unique and so different. And it's a situation where, you know, in general, we always uh, are going to, I don't know if I should say always, there's not really absolutes, but we we generally give guys the benefit of the doubt who are two-way players like we look for that especially at certain positions but just in general we look for two-way guys who make an impact both ways you know usually they're better one side than the other but even still we 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 love seeing as much context as possible playing both ways or even in all three phases suggests uh, you know high football IQ and natural athleticism and you know you can go down the list of things that 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 points to but in Jatavian Sanders's case this is somebody who as a sophomore I mean, it was just a it was a done deal. This guy's an edge player, defensive edge player. Junior year, he gets more opportunities on offense, puts up big numbers. And this is, you know, that was for a team that was loaded with, you know, Billy Bowman as a classmate of his. And, and, you know, last year when they were juniors, they had Drew Sanders, who went to Alabama, who was a somewhat similar player as a two way, like a dominant big framed receiver who also was just the boss on the field on defense. And. 
But as his career progressed, Jatavian more and more seemed like an offensive guy. And I think because I think there's situations where, where some of us follow guys closer from, from beginning to end at the high school level probably takes some more self-convincing to change your opinion on somebody after you've already established something. And, and you know, in like October into November, it was like, well, this guy, that guy may may not be an, an edge first guy. He might be a, more of a, a flex tied insight. And I think by the time December, January, 5A Division One state championship rolled around, I was pretty convinced he was an offensive guy. He, he played more on offense. Um, you know, his production was a lot better on offense. I think he's engaged on offense. I'm not saying that he's not trying on defense, but uh, it's just a situation where his his it wasn't his recruitment, but his actual development and evaluation process really evolved, I guess, so to speak, over the course of a long period of time. And uh, I, I think that because of his positional ambiguity, I think that that, you know, makes us wonder a bit, makes me wonder a bit. But then I went back to we give these two-way guys the benefit of the doubt almost always. So why would why would I, you know, hurt a guy if, if this is something that we usually give him credit for? So it was just something that I think y'all can speak to it too because I'm sure there are examples of guys who you you almost feel like you're – you're, you're at such a microscopic level of watching a certain player that you want some of your colleagues to see them and watch them because it, it gives a bigger, broader perspective. You know, it's, it's more of a bird's eye view than just being right there on the surface level. Go ahead, Alan. I feel like you're, uh, you know, what you're getting at, Gabe, is is the fact that we're so exposed, right, to some of these, and we're so, I guess, concentrated on a certain player that sometimes it's good to kind of have an idea of what everyone else sees. Yeah, so first, that, that's kind of how I felt about Edwards being from Michigan and, and right here, and I was going to his games and things. That's why I needed the rest of the team to, to see him. But also, I feel, felt that way about um, our linebacker position, and I think that was one of the – those were some of the more agonizing decisions for us. I mean, when you look at this list of 32, when you see the full list, you'll see a lot of linebackers in that 33 to 40 range that were up for the discussion in being in the 32. And even within the guys in the 32, I think a guy like Smell Munden is similar to Jatavian Sanders in that we were trying to evaluate offensive film with him, really good athlete, but then you know injured as a senior. So we didn't even have the benefit of watching a senior year like Sanders. And so having to drop him, it was a little bit agonizing for me just because it was hard to know what you were getting with him without having seen seeing this season, at least knowing what you're getting with him in comparison to other guys who are on this list. We still think he's a great athlete. And then having to, to kind of cut out some of the guys who I know we really liked, Xavier Sari, Trevin Wallace, a guy like Jeremiah Trotter, who maybe isn't quite the specimen that somebody like Deontay Lawson is, but is a fantastic high school football player. I thought most a lot of our debates in this range kind of circulated around that linebacker position. We're going to get more into the rankings here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast discussing the refresh to the top 24-7 and some of the five-star decisions for this 2021 class. We are joined by Alan True and Gabe Brooks. I know that there was a lot of debate on certain positions. And Alan, you touched on it here earlier on the first segment uh, about the linebackers. It's it's a strong group at offensive line, but I want to get into maybe some players that we stood on the table for. And, and I want to get to quarterback because when you look at the NFL draft every year and when we're basing these rankings off of NFL upside and NFL draft projection. I feel like there is a lack of representation at quarterback. And I don't know if that that's because of the, the fact that this year, specifically this recruiting cycle, we lacked some of those evaluation opportunities, right? With the lack of camps and seven on seven and the pandemic essentially shutting down the entire spring and the entire summer summer circuit and, and, and some players not even playing. But one guy that that I feel I'm and we might regret this could be a little too low is Sam Heward he's the left-hander from up in the Seattle area is headed up to Washington to play for the Huskies he's staying home and he's I think going to be a candidate to start from day one and we have him at 22 overall and when you think about the only quarterback that's ahead of him being Caleb Williams who who signed and, and and already at Oklahoma I just feel like maybe the gap there isn't as wide as as the rankings show. Yeah, so first, I think representation-wise, um, going back and looking at some of the draft results recently, last year happened to be a pretty good year. So we had four guys picked in the first round at the quarterback position. But 2019 only had three. 2017 only had three. 2016 only had three. 2015 only had two. So I think we're kind of right in step with, with some of those numbers. But I do agree maybe the gap from one to two is a little bit wide. That said, I, I just thought that we had some really talented players at some loaded positions between that. He's like, like talked about the outside linebacker position and the linebacker position in general. I also think this is a really strong offensive tackle year. So you had several of those guys that kind of broke up that gap between Caleb and Sam and then Drake. But I, I do agree with you that I, I do think the lack of being able to evaluate some of those guys, if I'm not mistaken, neither Sam nor Drake played in the fall, right? Yeah, they, they didn't play. So that, that's the issue there too, right? It's like we can't really bump these guys and, and the unfortunate circumstances that they didn't play their senior season. We don't know yet ab- about the state of Washington, but it sounds like, you know, either way, Sam Heward is is going to be the guy, the, the next in line. So that's a really fascinating aspect of this whole recruiting cycle. Gabe, what did what did you think of, of, of certain players? Were there any that you were maybe higher on than, than others? Was there someone that you felt you were standing on the table for? I think that Deontay Lawson, just to go back to the linebackers, I think that's somebody that I felt pretty convicted about because it's a really good good year for off-ball linebackers and if I remember correctly I think there are seven in the top 45 and you could probably make a five-star case for any of them Uh, I think what we did was 
made an effort to put the guys who have two-way experience at the top because recent draft trends, uh, especially in the top three rounds, have shown that playing both sides of the ball and get, getting a, a, you know meaningful snaps on offense is particularly valuable to off-ball linebackers in the NFL draft. So when you look at the top of that top of that list, it's Barrett Carter, Smile Munden, is Deontay Lawson. All three of those guys got you know offensive significant offensive snaps in high school, and then the the two just outside the next two uh, just outside the five-star Rangers, Xavier Sori and uh, Trevin Wallace, and the same can be said for them. I think that's what kind of separates if you're looking to, to to separate that group from the next guys jeremiah trotter jr and terrence lewis who are both outstanding linebacker prospects is that we had the the guys who played a lot of offense in their high school careers at the top i think seven of the seven of the 11 linebackers who went in the first three rounds last year were offensive you know two-way guys in high school so that doesn't mean all of them that obviously leaves some uh some room for true uh defense only guys and and if you look at you know down farther beyond trotter and lewis you get into some some more two-way guys so i think we got a good mix of that you know majority of guys two-way acknowledging that you know top 50 caliber guys can also just be defense only but you know Deontay Lawson dominated at Alabama Mississippi All-Star Week which uh, Andrew Ivins our southeast guru he covered that you know just stacking these up I, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Lawson ends up being the best of the bunch but you know I also think Trevin Wallace has a serious case for five star when you consider that he his final high school game, he ran 28 times for 382 yards. And this is somebody who, you know, 6'2", 210, dominant on both sides of the ball. I don't know if there's any linebacker in this class who has the offensive, you know, the offensive box checked as emphatically as he does. One guy, Alan, that, that I had in my individual five stars is Mike Hall out of the state of Ohio and, and headed to Ohio State. He just missed the cut. He 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 didn't make five-star status in the rankings refresh, but he's one guy that I thought uh, had a, a really good case. I, I just, I feel like his 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 frame is, is something that's going to be so helpful for him at the next level. His get-off, his agility. I loved his, his footwork and the way he used his hands. He was just physically impressive when I saw him on film, and, and I don't think I, I've seen anyone one out west with with his kind of you know projectability i guess or in terms of uh, upside the battle at the top was obviously one of the the talking points for us for for several months with jt tuimolowau who remains uncommitted and unsigned heading uh number one and and then Corey foreman who who signed with usc during the early signing period out of southern california being number two neither have played a senior season so that right there added a roadblock of sorts for us as well yeah, very interesting. You know, it's it's not often going back a long ways that I've been in some of these meetings with some of the guys in this crew that we haven't at least had some debate over that number one spot. It was really, really hard to generate much of a discussion and a debate this year with those guys not playing. Now, I, I do think that there's, and depending what happens down the road here, there's still some wiggle room for that. And I think Leonard Taylor put together a good enough year where he had to kind of count him in the discussion. But uh, this was probably as low drama of a top five 
you know, setting of our, our final board um, as we've ever had. We also didn't have the, the benefit of the all-star games and practices, which normally is another driver for discussion. So it, it made it, you know, I, I think we got a, a pretty solid ways down this list before we truly got into any real disagreements. Brock Vandergriff was was the one that just missed five star, and I feel like we need to touch on him a little bit. Uh, what did you guys think, Gabe? I'll I'll throw it to you first uh, about the case for him to be that fourth quarterback in, in the five star rankings. I thought it was very strong, and you know, the, there's a number of guys in that 33 to 50 ish range who I think could definitely, you know, make us wish we had had them in 32 a few years from now. And I think Vandergriff is probably at the top of that list. I mean, you know, he was uh, just completely dominant as a senior, really good production. He's a good athlete, you know, for especially relative to the quarterback position. He, as a sophomore, he had some good testing numbers that kind of established his reputation as a good athlete. Production is big at the quarterback spot, and he definitely did it. And I, I think that um, you know, I understand people who are not going to agree with him not being five star. I certainly understand that. That just in general, like my my feeling on people not agreeing with things, like I can understand just about any take when it comes to this because it's uh, it's so inexact. And I think that that goes back to something that we have to do and I think that we're getting better and better at doing it is relying on philosophy and and methodology instead of taking everything case by individual case so you're you're always going to miss some but you're you know if your methodology and your philosophy are in line uh, the way they should be, you're going to hit more than you're not. But in regards to Vandegrift, he did just about everything you could want. I honestly think that Williams and Heward and May not playing, as strange as it sounds, might, you know, y'all may be able to speak to this one way or the other too, but I think that those three guys not playing did not do Vandegrift a favor in any possibility of being in the five-star range just because what can you really do with them? You don't want to hurt guys because they didn't play because it wasn't their, you know, it was out of their hands. But, you know, at the same time, you you understand the positional value, but you also want to reflect what you think drafts are going to look like in the future. And Vandegrift has, has a great case for it. And those guys not playing, I think, at least influenced uh, that discussion uh, some. Yeah, I w- it was a tough, you know, like I said, we probably had 40 plus guys who at least came up in the discussion for this. And so any any of those guys that you leave out are going to be able to make a strong case. And I think with him being at 33, you know, he's there because I think of all the four stars, we felt like probably had the strongest case based on what he had put together career-wise and some of his physical tools. And we'll go also go back and say that we have a number of guys on this team who have viewed a lot of quarterbacks over the years. I mean, Greg Biggins has been involved with the Elite 11. He, he was talking about having seen Carson Palmer as a high school recruit the other day, which I'm dating Greg a little bit, but that also <laughs> tells you how many quarterbacks over the years he's evaluated. And, and a lot of the other guys on this team have been to every possible Elite 11 event that you could have been to in the last however many years that that thing's been around. And, and I, I really kind of relied, I, you know, me being up here in the north was not as exposed to Vandegrift. And so I kind of relied on what those guys had seen and what they compared him to um, from those other events that they've been to. And they felt like, you know, nobody was really like this is a surefire five star. We thought he was right there on the cusp 
Um, we thought he would deserve to be in discussion in the discussion with probably the bottom five to ten guys on that list. But ultimately, you know, I think some some hard decisions had to be made and didn't quite make the cut. Yeah, so that is our discussion and and kind of some big talking points as we refresh the top 24-7 for the 2021 class. Gabe and Alan, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. All right, that is Gabe Brooks and Alan True. You can follow all their work over at 24-7 Sports. We've got a lot of content, uh, obviously, with the top 24-7 update. And uh, I wanted to remind you to please subscribe, please rate us, and please review us. We're lining up a mailbag episode heading into signing day, the traditional signing day in February. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Recruiting Podcast.